Hi, folks. Welcome to the Peak City Podcast, Apex's community service broadcast serving you since 2016. This is Shane Reese. And I'm Alexis Jensen. And if you're not in town, come visit us. The Apex Downtown Business Association's brand new website is a great resource to find out what's going on at apexdowntown.com. We're chatting today about food insecurity, a topic that's ever-present in our community, and yet it often goes unseen or unnoticed. And today we have the privilege of speaking with Beth Bordeaux, Executive Director of Western Wake Crisis Ministry. Welcome, Beth, to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little about yourself and your personal connection to Apex and Western Wake Crisis Ministry. You have a master's degree in social work. I do have a master's degree in social work. I went to Divinity School for a little while, but didn't finish that. I felt really called back into um, working in the community. So I've been in Apex for about 21 years, raised my kids here, um, but I've always been someone who worked outside of Apex. You know, I've worked with a lot of different programs. I've worked in uh, a lot in homeless services, uh, working mostly with families that were experiencing homelessness in downtown Raleigh. But being in Apex, you know, I wanted to do some work here in my hometown. I wanted to be able to support the folks that are here that are my neighbors. And so that's how I got connected with Western Weight Crisis Ministry. For listeners who are not familiar with your organization, give us a little history and its mission. I mean, this is, uh, you are not a church, and yet there's a faith-driven purpose behind the organization. Correct, correct. So we actually were started in a church um, years ago, about 36 years ago. We started in the basement of a Baptist church, and folks were just handing out food once a week to folks that would come by. And that grew, and it grew over the years. We actually have a board member that just uh, rolled off the board, Deborah Judd, who had been on the board since its beginning um, for 36 years. So we really celebrate her and the work of the folks who put this ministry together. But it is not a church, and it's not affiliated with any particular denomination. We have various different denominations and theologies kind of backing up the work that we do. But it's really all about um, how do we serve our neighbor? How do we care for one another? That's what we're about. You said something a minute ago. I hesitated using poverty, Mm -hmm. and you had a really Mm -hmm. um, interesting take on that. Would you mind sharing that with the audience? Yeah, sure. So uh, I don't think it's a problem to talk about poverty. In fact, I think we need to be talking about poverty because there's people in our country and in our local area even that are really struggling. What it's not okay to do is talk about the poor, right? Because that defines a people and that's just not okay. Like people are people and we all have different things that we're struggling with. Some people are struggling financially. Some people are struggling with relationships. Some people are struggling with their jobs. Many people, I'm struggling with things. You're struggling with things. So, uh, you know, it's not okay to define a person by a particular situation that they're struggling with. It's beautiful. I love, I really appreciate that. And and it talks about sort of the, the symptoms of the issues as opposed to the person and the, the exactly. dilemma. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so recently, actually, the mayor issued a proclamation about food insecurity awareness to Western Weight Crisis Ministry. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about what food insecurity is in our mm-hmm. community? And also, how does this proclamation support awareness and activism around this issue? So food insecurity is really when someone does not have access to good, healthy food all the time, right? It does not mean that someone's hungry all the time. Um, It means that they just don't have access to the food they need. And that access could be for several different reasons. It could be um, because they can't afford it. It could be because 
they don't have access to a grocery store. There's transportation issues and they need to be close enough to a store that they can get to it easily. So there's various ways in which we would um, identify someone as being food insecure. One of the ways that we look at that's kind of an easy measure is the number of children in the public schools that receive free or reduced lunch, right? That's one of the ways that we look at uh, food insecurity. So in the Apex area, there's about 3,000 children who are eligible for a free and reduced lunch. That's bigger number than yeah. I would have thought it yeah, was. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So that leads us to this next topic. When you talk about the median income of the town of Apex, it's about $60,000 higher than the average median income in America at over $100,000, according to the town of Apex this year. So that paints a picture of security and privilege. What does food insecurity look like in our community? You said that mentioned the 3,000 children in, in the schools. So how do we identify that? How do we know how to approach this and support it and identify where this lives? So, you know, numbers can sometimes be misleading. One of the things that I've noticed is as we look at the census tracts in our area, as bigger developments come in and those census tracts, then the look of the neighborhoods changes for the data. So, you know, there's a thing called a vulnerability index. And, you know, for our listeners, if they want to look it up, you can just Google Wake County Vulnerability Index. And there's maps of our area. Um, And the green on the map shows folks that are least vulnerable. So it means the incomes are higher, the job rates higher, you know, folks aren't, there's older and younger folks that aren't living alone. So that kind of thing. Um, People have a higher education level. So that's green. Red is when folks are more vulnerable. So it's the opposite of that, right? So in the apex area, I would say we're fairly green. And we have been. And if you look back to past years, you can see where the it's it actually turned greener um, in this area. But there's some pockets that are still orange and yellow and red. And those pockets are closing up, but they're not necessarily because the people aren't here. They're closing up because of bigger neighborhoods moving next door so that you don't see those numbers in the census track anymore. Um, so it's kind of hidden in this area. So I would say just one stat that I would share, though, that I've come across recently that was a little shocking to me, that in the Apex area, 11% of our seniors are living in poverty. However, in all of Wake County, that's more like 5%. So that means that, you know, seniors in Wake County are struggling a little more. And we do see that a lot at Western Wake Crisis Ministry, probably 50 to 60% of the folks that we're working with regularly are seniors on a fixed income or folks with disabilities. Can you talk for a moment about food deserts and how that impacts us here in Apex? So a food desert is a place where there's not a grocery store or access to to food um, close by. And that means those people are going to end up at a gas station as opposed to being able to meet their maybe more long-term needs or even healthier food at that grocery store. Right, right. So in Apex proper, in our town limits, um, I would say there's not really a food desert right here. We have various grocery stores that people have access to. But if you move out into the rural areas around Apex, um, that's where you're going to experience it more. Um, Whenever someone has to go more than a mile to get to a grocery store, there's a risk of not having access to adequate food. 
uh, because they're having to go to the place that's the closest to them. And what happens is when you're eating from a grocery store, then you have access to fruits and vegetables, um, dairy products. You know, your food is going to likely be cheaper than it is if you go to a gas station to get your food or um, something like that. And so you're also going to have the option to eat a lot healthier um, with fresh produce. And that's what folks don't have access to when they don't when they're living in a food desert. The point you made earlier about the several thousand children who uh, are either on free or reduced lunch. My kids go to Apex Elementary, which is one of the local area mm-hmm. schools that actually has held an annual food drive for Western Wake Crisis Ministry. Yes, and it wasn't until I was chatting with uh, Sherry Presnell, who helps raise money for the organization, actually helped set up this uh, interview and happens to be one of my neighbors that I was confronted with an up close and personal situation. It was right after one of the storms came through last year and she was telling me about how a bunch of people were packing brown lunches for students mm-hmm. while they were out of school. And it was eye-opening when I realized that they were packing those lunches for kids who depended on eating at school but wouldn't be able to do the storm. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. It really it exposed um, my privilege to myself in a way that I hadn't really thought about that kind of implication. It was For me, it was a minor inconvenience for my wife and me to figure out you know, who's going to stay home with the kids. But for some other family right down the road from me, it meant that that child may or may not have food that day. So the next question I have is how to help. Residents hearing this will want to know how they can reach out and provide support for their neighbors struggling to ensure they have food on the table each day. What would you tell them? Well, there's lots of ways to help. Um, Everything from as simple as when you go to the grocery store, most of our grocery stores around have some kind of basket around or some kind of promotional thing where you can purchase something and that food goes directly to the food bank or to local resources. So we're currently picking up at Publix and at Food Lion and other grocery stores, Lowe's Foods. We go and pick up every day from these grocery stores and bring the food back to us. They And it's food that people have purchased that's for us, like the food boxes at Food Lion. It's also food that they've saved out for us. So fresh food, food from their deli, food from their um, produce section. Mm-hmm. So doing that, just a, just one purchase at a grocery store, while you're there, grab a few extra things. You can either leave it in the basket there at the grocery store or you can bring it by Western Wake. Uh, many of the churches in the area have regular Sunday morning collections. If you go to church, that will be a place that you can bring food on a Sunday morning. So actually giving product is very helpful and helps keep us stocked, especially during the winter and summer months. Those are the times when we have the lowest stock. We also need financial support, quite frankly. Um, Western Weight Crisis Ministry is trying to grow our programs this year. We're learning that the issues that we're facing uh, with folks in this area um, are much more complex than we've recognized before. I mean, I was talking with a, a gentleman just the other day who we couldn't even get through our whole conversation, literally, because he told me he was hungry. So I had to get him something to eat so that we could finish the conversation. And that's right here in Apex. So we're not immune to this issue here. And so we're trying to grow our programs. We've just expanded our social work position to be full-time. And we're trying to increase our budget by 12% this year. So that's about fifty or $60,000 change in budget this year so that we can expand and provide more of the hands-on relational support in order to help folks move out of a food insecure position, not just by providing food for that month or for that week or for that situation, but rather to be able to help folks to move to a stable, sustainable place. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about, you talked about the hands-on actual giving food over, bringing food by, buying a box at Food Liner Publix. What happens to that food? So we purchase it or we drop it off. What next? Where? What's the process there? Sure. We'll actually have lots of volunteers. We have about 130 volunteers that work with us on a regular basis. So they are sorting your food by date so that the right food goes out on the shelf and the food that can can stay a little longer that has a later date on it can stay back in our storage room. So we're we're sorting the food, then we're shelving the food, and then families can come in once a month every 30 days to come and shop. So they're able to come in um, and they it's like a mini grocery store. They get a cart, they walk up down the aisles, they pick the kind of food that they like. We don't prepackage food for folks. Um, and so the food goes out. It goes out to homes and, and families right here in our community. As we're talking about the needs of the community shifting, you guys growing what you your offering is to that next level. I also feel like we should be talking about housing affordability issues in our community. You know, Apex is growing dramatically. The housing that is available is at a higher price point. So what's happening in, in our community? What do we need to be addressing? Obviously, the food security issues are parallel to this. Where are we at with that for you guys? So when we call housing affordable, that means that someone doesn't have to pay more than 30% for their rent and utilities. It also means that housing needs to be affordable for all segments of our population. And in Apex, only about 7% of the people who live here work here. And folks who are working here are living elsewhere because they can't live here very often. Many of the jobs locally in Apex are service jobs. And so if folks are working at a, you know, eight to $10 an hour job, you just can't afford um, the cost of housing in this area. So Apex and Holly Springs actually has the highest housing rental rates of anywhere around, anywhere, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, all around Apex and Holly Springs have the highest rental rates um, of anywhere around. So that's why it matters here. As a community of people who care about one another and want to enjoy one another, we also want to be able to provide space for everybody who's connected to this community who wants to live here to be able to live here. Recently, Western Wake moved to a new location out on Olive Chapel Road, right? Mm -hmm. So with that move, what changed from your spot here in downtown Apex out there? What What's new there? What do you have to offer? So actually, it like tripled our space. Um, awesome. So we have a great space now. But what that also did was it increased our capacity to serve more folks. We're seeing over 300 families a month now on a regular basis. And so we're providing more services. We've introduced two new services in the past year. Uh, we have the home project, which is focusing on folks who are in a vulnerable place with their housing, where their housing is concerned. They're either living in a hotel or they're staying, bouncing around from place to place. And there's a vulnerable person in the household. So an elderly person, someone with a disability or a child, folks that we don't want to ever have to go into the homeless service system. We also know that homelessness is on the rise in Wake County and our homeless service system has a backlog of about six months for a family to even get into shelter. So we're trying to stop that from ever happening for folks who are on the edge. So we've got the home project that works really intensely 
um, with folks around that. We've also just started a new program called Impact Coaching within an Impact Network. So that is professionally trained volunteers. So we've got a professional coach who's coming in and training our volunteers to be coaches, to work with folks, to kickstart their process in moving towards stability and sustainability. So that program is going to launch early next year. We're training right now. We have 14 coaches in training. All of this, uh, it's encouraging and really appreciate you bringing this message here to the podcast. For listeners, they're going to want to know where can they find out more information? What's your website and how do you prefer people get in touch with you? Our website is wwcm.org for Western Wake Crisis Ministry.org. And you can reach me at E-X-E-C-D-I-R at WWCM.org. Well, we really want to thank you as well as the rest of your staff and all of your fantastic volunteers doing such great work. Again, she's Beth Bordeaux, Executive Director of Western Wake Crisis Ministry. Thanks so much for being on the Peak City Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is the Peak City Podcast. I'm Shane Reese. And I'm Alexis Jensen. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get yours, including Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. We'll see you around town. Take it away, Peak City Sound. Peak City Sound.